Let's jump into today's topic. Let's jump into it, man. Uh, today, I'm so excited to be giving the word. Um, last time I gave the word was at camp, and um, I'm going to let you know today's going to be nothing like that. Uh, it's going to be mostly about uh, what God wants to speak to you. So before we even get started, can we pray about our heads and close our eyes and pray for God to speak to us tonight? I don't know why, but I have this feeling that the Holy Spirit is telling me that some people came in here with questions and they're going to leave with answers. So I want you to say, God, speak to me tonight. Come on, come on. Speak to me tonight. Holy Spirit, I open my heart. Come on, repeat it. Holy Spirit, I open my heart. Holy Spirit, I open my mind. I open my ears so I can hear what you want to tell me tonight. say amen and amen God is good and all the time God is good all the time when you're going through your moments and you feel like there's no moving forward sometimes you got to remind yourself that God is good God is good and all the time come on I feel the Holy Ghost anointing in this place God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. We're going to go into the word today. We're going to preach and we're going to speak on uh, the story of, of, of Zacchaeus. And I know a lot of you guys maybe probably heard it, probably haven't. But I love this story because the first time I was told of this story, I was a child. I was very young. And, 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 and when, when I was seeing what to preach on and God put this in my heart, he reminded me of something when I was young. And, and just the fact that God's word can speak to you in any moment in your life. It's just amazing. So uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, 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 Zacchaeus in Luke 19, verse 1. And we're going to jump right into it. I'm cutting the fat out. Let's do this. Uh, we're going straight into the word. And uh, just to start this off, just to start this off, the title of tonight's message, if you're taking notes, I don't know if you are, but if you are, the title of tonight's message is Zacchaeus. And the reason why I titled it this is because that's literally the name of the story in the Bible. In the Bible, when you look at the, uh, the different uh, uh, names and stories, they have like a legit name above every story before it starts. They have the name of the story right there. And the name of this in the Bible is called Zacchaeus the tax collector. Now off the rip, Zacchaeus the, the tax collector makes no sense. It makes no sense, and, and you probably don't know why I'm explaining a little bit, but the names, the name of this title, Zacchaeus the Tax Collector, makes no sense. It makes no sense at all, because when you look at Zacchaeus' name and his job, Zacchaeus and his job are total opposites. Okay, so like, oh, what, why are they opposites? What, what did Zacchaeus do? Zacchaeus was the tax collector. And a lot of you guys probably know, probably don't know, but the tax collector in the Bible time, scammer of the city. Like, you know what the tax, this is what the tax collectors would do. So the tax collector, he, and the, and the Bible says the case was the chief tax collector. So if anybody was bad, it was the chief of the bad guys. So, so, so Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, what he would do is he would go to people's houses to collect the taxes that they owed to, to where they live. They would owe taxes, and what he would do is, let's say uh, uh, somebody owes uh, $50 in taxes, Zacchaeus will say, you owe me $1,000 in taxes. 
And the people will look at him and say, I'm not giving you that. I know I don't know that amount. I know I don't know that. I know that's not how much I got to give in taxes. But the thing is, Zacchaeus, the tax collectors, they would go with bodyguards. And these two guards were soldiers. And these soldiers would also get a cut from the extra money that they were charging. So the, 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 the guards would look at them and say, well, if you don't want to give us the money and the tax and you don't want to pay the taxes, we're going to either, one, kill you, or two, put you in prison. So if you're a head of a household, if you're a dad in the house and you have to, you have to, you have a family, and you don't want to go to jail and you don't want to die. So what you would do, you would give them the money that they asked for. And that's why tax collectors in the times of the Bible were seen as the scammers and the, the thieves and the, the robbers, the people that everybody hated, the people that nobody liked because they were the ones who would rob and they would literally kill people. They would do crazy things. So we know who he is, but what does his name mean? You want to know what the literal meaning of the name Zacchaeus is? Put it up. The meaning of Zacchaeus is clean and pure. So, so just, just like this is hilarious. Like just imagine right now. Just imagine like, you know, someone comes to your house, right? And he's like, hey, I'm here to collect the taxes. Uh, you owe me $5 million in taxes. And you're like, well, that's obviously wrong. And then you're thinking it's a joke. And Zacchaeus tells you like, no, 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 it's not a joke. If you don't pay me, I'm going to kill you or put you in prison. So like you have to make a decision. Man, like, and you're getting angry. You start to pull your money out. And you're like, you know what? What's your name anyway? Like, like you're stealing from me. Can I at least get the courtesy of knowing your name? And Zacchaeus looks at you and says, clean and pure. Hey, how's it going? I'm clean and I'm pure. Nice to meet you, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like, it's so funny. And I remember, uh, I'm, I'm a gym teacher. I work at a school. And I'm an assistant coach to the head coach. And I remember my first week working at my job. I'm talking to the head coach. This guy's hilarious. And we're talking. And he's looking at me. And for some reason, we're talking about, like, naming babies, like, naming kids. I guess, like, we have And he's like, he's like, oh, like, you know, I, he's telling me, like, I would never name my son, like, Malachi, uh. I would never name him Elijah, Moses, Jonah, Noah, Angel, Christian. I would never name him these names. I'm laughing. I'm like, like Yo, what's your problem with these names? Like, what's the big deal? And he tells me, he says, because they're all biblical names. It's a tough pill to swallow. It's my first week. I don't want to lose my job. Amen. <laughs> and I look at him like, I'm laughing. Like, I'm just, I don't know what to say. I'm laughing. I'm like, why do you say that? Like, why do you not want to name the biblical names? And he looks at me, he says, because every single student that I taught that had a biblical name was the worst child I've ever taken care of. He told me, he was like, every angel was a demon. <laughs> Off the rap. Every Jonah was like the worst. Every Noah. He was like, and my worst student ever, the worst student I've ever taught, his name was Christian. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I wanted to name my son like Elijah, but I guess not. Right? And I remember I was like, damn, that's crazy. And as the days was going by, I remember I was thinking about it. And then I, I remember I was just like, man, like, that's crazy how people can see something. want to name them because of the, 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 the way everybody sees it. And, and then God reminded me of how Christians got their name. And I don't know if you know this, but the way you get the name Christian, it, 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 it's different. You, you want to know how it happened? Jesus will walk around, right, and there'll be a crowd following him, and these people were always around Jesus, always. They knew him. They, they had relationship with Jesus, right? And they were with him so much that they started to kind of talk like him, dress like him, act like him, and they didn't call themselves Christians, but the people around them, they didn't even believe in Jesus. The people around them will say, well, 
you want to follow that guy so much, since his name is Jesus Christ, we're going to call you Christians. They didn't get their name because of, you know, whether they did good or bad. They got their name because of the person that they knew. And I want to tell you something tonight. You can never get the name Christian. You can never be called a Christian by being perfect, by being sinless. Being a Christian has nothing about what you do. It's nothing about what you can do. It's all about who you know. Being a Christian has nothing to do with what you is that you commit. You're a bad, no, no, no. It doesn't have anything to do, what it has to do with what is your relationship like with Christ? Because if you have a, if you have a relationship with Christ, that is your ticket to being considered a Christian. When, when Jesus is, is in the, the, the last time, when we meet Jesus and we're in heaven, he's going to say, we're going to get there. And Jesus is going to say, no, no, I know him. I know him. I know him. So, yes, he can come with us. See, it's not, oh, he did good. He didn't sin. He didn't, he didn't drink. He didn't smoke. No, it doesn't work like that. It's, I knew him. Yes. Being a Christian has nothing to do about what you can do, but it has everything to do about who you know. God is good. And all the time. It's about relationship. If you're taking notes, that's the first point. It is about relationship. So let's jump back into the story. Verses 1 to 3. We're going to start back at the top. And it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, the clean, pure guy who's actually a dirty, disgusting human that nobody likes. He's a scammer. But the guy, Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector, not a petty tax collector. Chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. And automatically, I can relate with Zacchaeus. He was short. I relate with him. I'm sorry. I relate with Zacchaeus. He was short and he could not see over the crowd. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because there was a crowd around Jesus, he couldn't get vision. He couldn't get a sight of Jesus. You want to know something? Just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean he's right next to you. Doesn't mean he's not right next to you. You see, it's not that Jesus wasn't next to him. No. The fact was that, yes, Jesus was next to him, but he couldn't see him. And I don't know about you, but there's so many times in my life back then when I wasn't saved, and even when I was saved, that bad things that happened to me. And I'm saying, man, Jesus, where are you? I can't, I can't feel you. I, can't, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. Where the whole time, Jesus was right next to me. But because there was no way I could see him, I felt like I was alone. And I want to let you know something. Just because you can't see Jesus doesn't mean he isn't right next to you. Just because you can't see him does not mean he's not right next to you. And you want to know what's crazy? If we could go back to the verse. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So it's not that he couldn't, didn't, the point isn't that he couldn't see Jesus. The point was that there was people in the way of him and Jesus. What's in the way of you and Jesus tonight? What's in the way of you and Jesus tonight? You see, so many things, I feel like so many times we try to see Jesus and we try to feel Jesus and, and we don't feel him, we don't, we don't see him, and we're wondering what's going on. The problem is we have too many things between us and Jesus. We have too many things between us and Jesus, us and God, and in the relationship that we want, but there's too many people and there's too many things in the way. So what is the case to? He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. 
so he ran. Come on. So he ran. So he ran. So he ran away from the crowd. He ran away. You want to know? You want to get closer to Jesus, you got to separate. You want to realize who Jesus is, sometimes you got to take a step and separate. There's so many things between you and God and between you and Jesus. You want to get a better relationship, a better sight of what Jesus looks like. Sometimes you got to separate yourself. You got to separate yourself. You got to separate yourself. Go back to the verse. He runs away. Bible doesn't say he walked away. Doesn't say he jogged away. It says he ran away. Some of us are too busy trying to run away from our friends or walk away and, and jog away from our friends. The problem is when you're running, you can't hear anything. You ever try to have a conversation while you're sprinting? It's impossible. You can't run. Like we said in camp, as long as you're moving forward, you can't hear anything. So he said he ran away. He didn't walk. He didn't jog. He ran ahead. And then he climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus. So he separated and then he elevated. He separated and then he elevated. Some of us elevate before we separate. And God is saying you cannot elevate unless you separate yourself. We're looking at Jesus and God, I want to be the man that I was called to be. I want to be the woman that I was called to be. I want to have everything that you want for me. But the problem is you're trying to elevate to a place that you're not ready for. You can't just elevate without separating. It doesn't work that way. You can't elevate unless you separate. Go back to the verse. So he ran ahead and he climbed the sycamore fig tree since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up at him and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house. So I could could just imagine. Can somebody take this away from me if I move it? I could just imagine, right, like Zacchaeus, right, he, he's saying, man, I can't see Jesus, uh, I can't see him, I'm trying to see Jesus, I know this is the guy that does the miracles, I know this is the guy that does, I can't see Jesus, so, so what do I got to do? I'm, I'm going to run away, right, I'm going to run away, so he runs ahead, and as he's running away, running from the crowd, he sees a tree, and he sees the crowd, and he says, man, I still can't see Jesus, so he goes, and then and he climbs a tree, and as he climbs the tree and gets to the top, he's sitting there. And he's wheezing and he's tired, all this to see Jesus. And then Jesus makes his way. Just picture it in your head, Jesus walking with a crowd. And then Jesus calls him Zacchaeus. See, if I'm if I'm Zacchaeus, I'm like, man, how does he know my name? How does he know my name? Second thought, if he knows my name, then he must know who I am. If he knows who I am, then he must know what I do. If he knows what I do, then he must know that I'm a bad person. And then Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I remember when I got saved for the first time, I was in the worst place in my entire life. Literally, when God spoke to me, I was in the worst moment in my entire life. And he said, Jonathan, I've got a plan for you. And I remember... It reminded me of when, when Paul was this, this guy in the Bible who was a Christian killer. And he was on his way to go kill some more Christians. And he just left killing some other Christians. And the Bible says as he was on his way to go do some more dirt, he was cursing out the Christians around him. 
And as he was doing that, that's when God called him. So he's, just imagine Zacchaeus on the tree. He says, man, if he knows who I am, he knows all the bad things I've done. He knows all the people I've robbed, the people I've probably killed. Jesus says, come down immediately. If we could put that verse back up, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. You don't just invite anybody to your house. That's a relationship, y'all. Jesus still wanted a relationship with Zacchaeus. And I could just imagine Zacchaeus saying, man, he wants to come over my house. He knows how I am. Zacchaeus climbs down the tree. If I'm Zacchaeus, I'm looking at Jesus. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus comes down and he welcomes him gladly. Jesus hugs him gladly. And if I'm Zacchaeus, I'll look at Jesus and say, you know my name. You know who I am. Why? Why? You know I'm a sinner. And I can imagine him saying, I don't care. You know what I did yesterday? Jesus said, no, no, I don't care. Come down from the tree. Come down from the tree. You know what's the craziest part about this? The craziest part is that Jesus called him Zacchaeus, knowing what Zacchaeus means. Jesus called him clean and pure. The man that everybody knew that wasn't clean and pure. The man that had the name that nobody wanted to call him by his name. Jesus said, I'm going to call you by your name. Clean and pure. The Lord is telling you tonight, clean and pure, come home. Clean and pure, come home. I'm not going to call you by your name. I'm not going to call you by, no, no. You're clean and you're pure. You're clean and you're pure. You're clean and you're pure. That's what God is saying. You think you're too far. You think there's no going back. But God's saying, I don't see you for what your name is. I don't see you for what they call you. I see you as clean and pure. Clean and pure. So he accepts him, calls him for what he will become, not for who he is. God is calling you the person that you will become. That's why when people speak over your life, they say, you're going to be a woman of God. And you say, man, that's impossible because I'm nothing like that. But it's not about what you are. It's about what you're going to become. And that's why baptism is so amazing. Because when you're in the water, you're in your state with the person that you are and that you have been for the rest of your life. But when you dip and you come out of the water, the old you is behind you and the new you is in front of you. And you can start to elevate as you separate. And you know what's the craziest part? This is the craziest part about the whole thing. So if we go to the last verse, the last verse, it says, So he came down and at once welcomed him gladly. All of the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. See, I could just imagine the people, right? The people around Jesus in the crowd. And they're looking up and they see Zacchaeus get down. And as they see Zacchaeus get down, they're looking at Jesus. And he's like, man, Jesus is hugging this guy. And they're going to go eat. Man, he's a, he's a bad man. He's a terrible man. And if Jesus can eat with him, then Jesus it's the last point. Throw it up, Will. Your relationship with God not only can bless you, but it can bless the people around you. See, the people in your life, the brother, the sister, the family member, the cousins, the aunts, the uncles, the friends, they are waiting for you to get saved so they can say, man, if he can do it, I can do it too. If he can do it, I can do it too. And I just feel the press of the Holy Spirit. And God is saying, I will. everybody, just stand up. Stand up. Now, if I can have the worship team come back up.
Holy Spirit. I'm going to give us a moment where we can give our life to Christ. If you've done it before and you've walked away from God, that's fine. But the Lord is saying he wants some people to come off the tree today. He wants you to come off that tree today. He wants you to come off that tree today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, when I count to three, if you want to give Jesus your life, if you want to give him your, your everything, if you want to give him the person that you are, if you want to separate and that you are called to be, if you want to accept Jesus' relationship with you, if you want a relationship with God today, and you've never given your life to Christ before, or you have and, and, and you've stopped and, and, and you've stopped going to church and you want to rededicate your life, when I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. And nobody's watching. All heads are bowed and all eyes are closed. Nobody's watching. You don't have to feel nervous. But God is saying, listen, I want a relationship with you. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want a relationship with you. One. Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting for you at the bottom of the tree. And he's just waiting to welcome you gladly. If you want to give your life to Christ right now, when I count to three, raise your hand. One, two, three. All over this room, hands are lifted up. All over this room, hands are lifting up. One, two, three, four, five. Put the arm over the person next to you. And we're going to say the sinner's prayer all together. And I'm going to need you to repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit. Forgive me for my wrongs. I know that a relationship with you is all that I need. Holy Spirit, I accept the fact that I'm a sinner. But I also accept the fact that you don't care because you died on the cross for me. So I give you my life and I give you my heart and I accept you into my soul. Thank you, Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we say amen. Make some noise for the people that just gave their life.